Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, welcome to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. With me, your host Deb Wolf. Today, I have something I've been waiting for for years. First of all, it is my 100th episode on Pet Life Radio. Woohoo! And so I've got a special guest, someone I've been trying to book for years. I know her dogs. I love her dogs. But I've never been able to book her on the show because she's so busy going to hotels. We'll explain that in a minute. So welcome to the show, Sherry Swindle. Welcome to the show with your bed bug mutts. Hello there, and congratulations on the 100th episode. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've been at it a while at Pet Life Radio Animal Party, talking about dogs and cats, and we've had service dogs on the show before, but never anything like this. So tell us, please, uh, what is bed bug mutts? Well, we are a canine scent detection service, and we search for bed bugs because they're so elusive, hard to find. Okay. So the dogs, they work just like a bomb dog or a drug dog. The training's a little bit similar, but the target's different. So it's, Right, um, okay. It's a, so do you, okay, you don't actually have, I'm hoping, you don't actually have to have live bed bugs to work with <laughs> training, do you? You bet we do. Oh, okay, I'm itchy already. Oh, my God. You can't use dead ones or excrement or something in a... Formaldehyde? No. Well, if you use dead or the fecal, then you the dogs would be no good to go in after a treatment because there's going to be dead lying around. Right. So you actually train them off of the scent of dead. Oh, no. That's a nightmare for me. Okay, how do you... Oh, well, I guess, yeah, but you don't have to worry that they're going to infest your house because your dogs would tell you, wouldn't they? That's right. We (laughs) keep a colony, around about 1,000 to 2,000 of bugs. And uh, we keep so many because we do sell them to other uh, bed bug companies across Canada. But um, oh my goodness, we I have had no idea. That so, like in a cage somewhere? Like I, I don't, I'm yeah. not quite getting this. How do you feed? We don't actually, they have to have blood feed? This is really off topic, but oh, interesting. Yeah, they <laughs> feed just like a mosquito, but hey. they can't fly or hop or jump. So they're kind of move more like a, a ladybug crawling along. So yes, we do have to feed them on ourselves. You can't put a, a pool of blood out. It, it doesn't work that way. As I said, they feed like a mosquito. So uh, um, you you okay? It, wait a minute. You and your thing. husband, you let them climb on you and eat your blood. You do that? Yeah. It's wow. think of the commercials this is a where you, it, they demonstrate. Yeah, think of the commercials where they demonstrate um, mosquito repellent, okay. uh, where the guy sticks his arm in a in a container. Well, we have a mason jars, and there's a screen on the the top where the metal plate would be, and the screen has little tiny holes that they can put through their feeding mechanism, mm-hmm. like a, a, mm-hmm. a mosquito, but they can't escape. Not even the first ones out of the eggs, the little tiny nymphs that are, are in stars mm-hmm. that are so small they can't escape so we just turn that upside down on our on on an arm and give them about 15 minutes and uh feed i don't know 
500 at a time. And uh, then feeding is my job, and and we call wrangling, bed bug wrangling, where that's my partner's job, Ken Handel, who's also my husband. Uh, he maintains the colony, cleaning it out. You have to change the papers, etc. And he calls them down and separates them out for selling, etc. Okay, so that's the part of your job that I would never, ever, ever want to do. But the part with your dogs, now that's the part (laughs) that looks like great fun, honestly. Yeah, that's the payoff. That's why we do it. Okay, can you tell us about your dogs? Because people might be thinking German Shepherds, they might be thinking Bloodhounds, they might be thinking that you buy expensive imported dogs for this, but that's not the case, right? Well, they are expensive, expensive. but it's the training that you're paying for the training and and the personality of the dog. Okay, so we have um, two black labs. Uh, One's a purebred. The other's more of a a bit of a mutt. Uh, We also have a Border Collie Cross and a German Short Hair Pointer. Not sure if that one's a purebred. Um, They're mainly rescues, Uh, one from California, two from Alabama, and another, the fourth one, um, it was actually uh, from Alberta originally, um, he, the black lab. So what makes a good bed bug dog? How do they, how do you pick the ones out at the, the shelter? Which ones are going to do it? They have to have a high play drive because that's why they do the job. Right. They get mm-hmm. that reward by finding the, the target and then they get a ball. And so they have to have a high play drive. And they have to be, have a high sense of self-confidence, a courageous dog, because they're going to work in all kinds of different environments. Okay, so what doors. about a scent pattern? Do, do you not, like, when you throw the ball and the dog goes to fetch it, do you not pay attention? When I've screened for hunters before, they're paying attention to what kind of search pattern the dog uses. Is that irrelevant to you or is that important? Yeah, they, um, it's part of the training process. Um, they only get the reward at the end after they've found it and after we've confirmed, like they okay. alert when they find them. And then we stop the search, look for the physical evidence. So we'd be looking for the fecal, the shed skins, live bugs, or viable eggs. And once we confirm that, yep, the dog got it, then the dog gets the reward. Once the dog is trained to it, the reward can be delayed a little bit. Now, our dogs are toy-driven. Some dogs are motivated by food, mm-hmm. and actually our dogs will work for either, but we prefer the toy. It's just less mess than, than bothering with it. But actually, I, we, I prefer uh, dogs who are motivated by toys as well, because it's just so much easier to work with them, and, and they're not distracted yeah. by other food rewards in the environment. I can imagine when you go to a hospital, there's a lot of food around, right? Yeah, a lot of pills on the floor, pills so on the floor, you yeah. have to train sure. them off of that because you don't want them picking something up. Now with black labs, that's a challenge. Hey, black, they're hoovers. Mm-hmm. So they, they pick oh, up. Yeah. So you you spend a good time uh, training them off. It's called distraction training. Well, we are talking with bedbugmutts.com if you want to check it out online. And we're talking with Sherry Swindle, and uh, she's representing for Ken Hando as well. And we're talking about bedbug mutts. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about Lily Lou, Hitcheroo, Alley Oop, uh, and I think there's one more, Lulu Lou. All right, so stay tuned, everybody. We're going to talk about just exactly what's going on with this. What is the life of a bed bug dog? 
Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, you're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. And my guest today is Sherry Swindle. And we're going to start talking about these dogs. So, okay, you got these dogs, and it's a Border Collie Cross and a German Sharon Haired Pointer, which might be purebred, might not, and a couple of a lab and a, a lab cross. So all these dogs strike me as possible fetchaholics, possible uh, never say die when the ball is thrown, four of them, right? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, you're looking for that dog that, um, one of the testing, I, I watched a master trainer selecting a dog, testing it, mm-hmm. uh, that somebody had brought in. So he showed the toy that the dog loved. They brought the toy that the dog loved. So the trainer showed it to the dog. Someone's holding the dog back. And then he went and pretended to hide it in a bunch of different spots. So everywhere where the dog could watch, but the dog didn't know where the toy was. Then they released the dog. So you want that dog that goes to each of those hiding spots looking for the toy, using the nose to find the toy. If they Mm -hmm. get distracted in the route, uh, they're probably going to get distracted on the job. So that that was one test. Another test is for the fearlessness was um, he actually we throwing the ball against a, a long in a long corridor against a, a wall at the end, and mm-hmm. the dog can go and fetch it. But it's set up so that um, the dog goes tearing down the hall, and he would bounce off the wall just like the ball does in order to get the reward. Um, but if you've got a dog that's timid about doing that and doesn't just wait until the ball st- stops moving, again, that's not going to be a dog that's going to work good out in the field. I, I can totally picture the difference. I have a chocolate lab who uh, occasionally will rub her ears completely raw because she uses her ears to trap the ball because it's that important to her. right? And my poodles... Oh, wow. They would never do that. They would never injure themselves to catch fetch. They would be like, you know what? If you want the ball, you must really want it more than me. Go ahead. Right? This lab, she wants that ball. She wants that ball. And that's what you're talking about. Totally. Um, Okay. So we've got dogs who are eager to play and eager to fetch. And then I'm guessing you put the bait somehow and you guide them to find it. Or how how do you do it the first? Make it easy at first? Yeah, to train them to the scent of the of the live odor mm-hmm. of bed bugs, you would take that toy and immerse it with bed bug odor. So it's so that the say a tennis ball collects it, collects the odor. So then the dog associates the, the odor with playing. Then you have the dog start finding that toy. As the dog is successful finding the toy in the hiding spots, you take the ball, cut it up into pieces, 
And so the odor of the balls there, the odor of the bugs are there. And then you slowly, you know, you remove the pieces. So eventually, when you tell the dog to search, there's only the live odor left. And and when the dog finds it, when the dog alerts, they get the reward. So do you at any stage place balls that are not scented so that he can find those and not get rewarded? Well, once the dog is trained onto the odor, the, the, ball, the t- reward doesn't have to have the odor anymore. It can just be whatever the favorite toy is. No, no, I know. So I'm, I'm trying to see how you stop him from thinking the ball is what he's looking for as opposed to the scented ball. How does, no. how does he well, understand the difference? That's a master trainer that does that. And I'm not a master trainer. so we I'm thinking actually, that's how they do it. I, that's how I would do yeah. it. I would put balls that aren't scented out and just, I mean, not scold him, but only reward for the one that's scented. And that would train him off the unscented. This is so interesting to me. I've actually been asked to train a couple of dogs to find ore because ore has a scent and ore is often found with gold, which does not have a scent. And so I'm kind of working on this myself, a new technique for how to train dogs to find things. And so ah. it kind of ties in. I mean, you and I finally connecting to do this after all these years really fits with what I'm up to lately. But your dogs, now that they're trained to find bed bugs, if you chose to, could you train them to find other things fairly easily? I would think so. Yes, you can. Um, think of the drug dogs where mm-hmm. uh, grass is, is no longer um, illegal. So um, you, the police department would look at the dog. Now, if the dog is near retirement, there's no sense changing dog, just early retirement. Right. But if you've still got a good investment in that dog, years of work left, and a normal working life is around 8 to 10 years, um, then you can train them off and onto a new odor. Um, think of drug dogs. They mm-hmm. alert on several different odors. Right. Um, or or so bomb dogs. It's, it's not just bombs. It's guns, too. It's sometimes money at the border. Yeah. They, they have a few. And I've, I know that yeah, it's that up would to be five different things. Dogs. Yeah. Now, but you also have to remember, um, you could end up in court. So you've, if your dog is trained to more, you know, say you had a termite dog and a bed bug dog, which they used right. to do years ago. Okay. Um, if you end up in court, how can you prove in court which target the dog was alerting on? So Unless you taught that, it different signals, that's true. You could no. teach it a lie down in a sit, couldn't you? For the different, it, it's it's proven not to be a, to be effective. You want a dog that is that goes after one target. Um, okay. So you can so you can trust your dog. You've got to trust your dog. And it, I'm not saying there aren't dogs that are that are capable of that, but it probably isn't worth the investment of the extra time versus what right. the payoff is going to be. These dogs, um, when you purchase them from a master trainer, run these days about 10,000 to 12,000 American. And um, oh, then wow. you've got, yeah, you've got to travel to go pick them up. You've got to stay there for a while and get oriented with the dog. Um, you know, you want to spend about five dogs there um, learning about the dog, bonding with the dog. And five traveling days. back. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So where did it, you go? How far investment. did you go? Did you go to California for this? Our first dog came from California from Selco Academy in Los Angeles. And she was a fantastic working dog. She's retired now. That's Lula Lou. Okay. And then um, we picked up the Border Collie, Ali, um, Lily Lou, from Alabama from FSI. And uh, actually then... Our 
second black lab came from uh, a trainer here in Maple Ridge. He, he, he Hitcheru, he was working as a bed bug dog, but that company decided no longer to do bed bugs. They were just going to concentrate on protection dogs and drug dogs. So we picked him up. He fit in nicely with the group. And then um, we still had a need because we have two working handlers. We still had a need for a fourth dog, so we got the pointer from Alabama. So she's the youngest of the, the group. So and is she the ruler? Is she the alpha? I the bet youngest, she is. no. She's yeah. a she's a snuggle bug. Aww. Um, she's so she she's still in her puppy puppy stages, even though she's uh, three and a half years old. I think she's always going to be a puppy. Well, we're going to no, take the one old from- one is is the ruler. <laughs> The oldest one. Oh, okay. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back and find out what it's like to take these dogs through a hotel or a hospital. Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know how they say you are what you eat? Well, guess what? Same is true for your fur babe. I have a grandpa dog, as I call him. Mr. Z is now 14. And over the years, you know, he's had his issues. But lately, he's had a lot of allergies. And I've recently put him on a solid gold diet. And I have noticed a major difference. And right now, Solid Gold is offering an amazing offer to all of our listeners. Yep, by visiting solidgoldpet.com slash pet life for 30% off your first order. Go ahead and take advantage of this great offer. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Hello, you're back with the party, and we have the bed bug dogs working with us today, seeking out bed bugs, keeping things safe. So, Sherry, what's it like when you go to a hotel? You walk in the front door, and is there a stigma about this, or are people welcoming? Oh, yeah. It, um, people are afraid um, that their neighbors know that they've got a, a dog coming in to, that they might have bed bugs. So right. we work in you don't have a, logo. a lot of the time. So your oh, your car yeah, isn't no. like a giant bed bug, right? No, no, it's a nice family town and country, and uh, just a little unusual because it's got four dogs in it. Right. <laughs> but, okay. Um, so if you arrive at a hotel, if you arrive at a hotel mm-hmm. and you go through the front doors, are people curious? Like, why is there a dog here? Well, who is this? What's going on? I mean, or you just well, discreetly? The dog has a vest on um, saying working dog. So uh, okay. people automatically go, oh, this is a service dog. So, right. And people are, are better than they used to be. Eh? They've, they've learned that you're not to talk to and make contact with a service dog, or if you want to, at least ask. Okay. So um, the dog is, and you teach your dog to, you know, not approach people, etc. Right. So the dog just looks like any other working dog. Or at a hotel, so many hotels now, have a pet pet yeah a greeter or something pets, right? i i know they have yeah. greeters and anxiety dogs that's why i thought you'd almost get swarmed at the door with these lovely dogs but okay and yeah. so you <laughs> so you come in you check in and then do they do they normally have an area where they're suspicious or or are you just running through the entire hotel to see if the dogs like want to stop on a certain floor how do, how do you do this 
Well, there's there's kind of three different types of searches. Okay. Uh, and they they all work pretty much the same from the dog's perspective, but from the client's perspective, if they suspect something, that would be a targeted search. So say we go into um, uh, one hotel room uh, and we would do the adjoining rooms on either side, across the hall and above and below, the floors above and below. Right, so kind of that little core area, right. uh, we'd send the dogs through. And when we we go through the actual shirts, so we come in. Uh, you have a routine that you go through with your dog. Like usually, you have the dog sit, and you just tell her, "Oh, what a good girl you are! You're ready to work." Oh, okay, let's go. And mm-hmm. you tell it search or whatever your keyword is for them to go. Now, our dogs are trained to search on lead and off lead. There's, uh, you want your dog on lead when there's, like in a hospital, where right. there's, uh, you want to quickly pull away, pull them away from something where there's pills on the floor, et cetera. Or, or even a syringe. Um, I mean, you could have all sorts yeah. in a hospital, blood, drugs, vomit, yeah. right? I mean, it's a hospital. You bet. And yeah. they're dogs. They're going to go for that blood and vomit. They're going to want to smell it. Smell it, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And other, but optimally, you work with your dog off lead. After all, the dog is the professional here. And they're actually the ones running the search. They're following their nose. Okay. You're there. The handler's there to make sure that they don't miss an area and to watch their body language. When they get into their odor, you can start, when you know your dog, you can see, oh, something's up here. The t- tail's going to wag faster. They become more energetic. Think of the, the, the energizer bunny. And yeah, signs of excitement. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're going to breathe quicker. The tongue may even come flying out. And what they're doing is they're tasting the air because they actually have sensors in their tongue that they use as well. So when they're, they're in the odor, they detect it. They um, think of the odor coming out like a cone in a cone shape. So the dog is going to zigzag back and forth, finding those edges and following that cone to the source as it gets narrower. So they're trained when the scent is the strongest, they alert. And okay. now various dogs have different types of alert. My first dog, she sat. Well, as the years went by, she got arthritic. She was still working, but her arthritis bothered her. So it was a little hard for her to sit. So she was more of a, a crouch towards the end there. Okay. But I knew that as an alert. Um, our, we, the rest of our dogs, we've trained them to that they lie down and they point with their nose to where oh, nice. the odor to be the longest. Oh, so sometimes handy. they could lie down, but say yeah. it's in a curtain rod uh, or on top of a dresser, their nose will point up and they'll probably kind of jump up and point their nose in that direction. Wow. And at okay. that point, the dog's, dog, in, from the dog's point of view, hey, I've done my job. Where's my reward? I want my ball. Give me my ball. I want my ball. Yeah. Yeah. So... As I said, you have to look for the physical evidence to verify, and then they get the reward. Okay, so can you tell me, from the dog's point of view, do they have a hard life? Do they get to play? Do they, you know, like, is it a good life besides when they're working? How much do they work? How much off time? That kind of thing. Okay, a lot depends on the age of the dog and the personality of that dog. But at minimum, you should be able to get five hours of work. So then you put breaks in there. Say we're doing um, an apartment building. Mm-hmm. We've got, a, you know, 50 suites to do over, you know, five floors. So we would we would come in 
with two dogs per handler. And while one dog's working, the other's in a portable kennel resting. And so that first dog is probably going to work anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes before they need a a break. Their nose needs a rest. They've got to have a pee break. Um, So you can switch out dogs and that dog can rest and you you pick up your second dog and, and you keep going. You don't get the break. You keep working as the handler. Right. Um, you also, to keep the drive alive, um, and you, water breaks too, they need the water. To keep the drive alive, you have to do hides. So we carry little vials that have screens on one or two ends that allows the live odor to come out because there's live bugs in there. It just has to be a few bugs. Right, and right, I get it. To keep the drive alive. So we say we check in a, um, an apartment unit. Uh, a two-bedroom apartment. The dog, it was clear. No, the dog had no interest anymore. So then we would go back uh, without the dog, place the hide, let it sit for five minutes, and then bring the dog back in to research, to search it again. Mm-hmm. The dog doesn't care that they've searched it again. They just plan the game. Right. They find it, and they immediately get the reward. You play with them for a few minutes, and then um, they're... Re- think of the spring has been wound up again and they're ready yes, to go. Yes, so you've yes, got another yes. 30 to 50 minutes. It's almost like if you can imagine playing fetch with your dog and when someone kind of mean is playing with a dog and they tease them and they pretend to throw and then they hide and they pretend to throw and then eventually the dog stops wanting to get it. You got it. Like he needs to get it sometimes, right? Just to keep engaged and not be like, this is a boring game. I don't like this. There's nothing to find here. He's got to fight. If he finds it, he goes, I know what I'm doing. I know the game. This is the game. Yay, the game, right? And back to it. I totally get that. Yeah. So, okay, so that's a dog, working day. Do they have off days too? Oh, yes. We actually try to, um, you know, if they have a, a, a full day, um, like we quite often work in the evenings uh, to do office buildings uh, when all the staff are gone. Right. Uh, so we could, we probably start at eight o'clock at night. We work till midnight. Um, and that's, that's a, a good shift. And so the next day, we're going to definitely not work in the morning. They're going to have the, the morning off and we're going to have the morning off and we may take some appointments in the afternoon. Uh, but the majority of the jobs are, are during the day, a regular work day. And they'll work for three or four days, get a day of rest, work for three or four days. So we work, um, we don't regularly have weekends off. Sometimes we have to go to businesses on weekends. So, uh, the schedule is is quite all over the place, so you have to be very adaptable. One of the things I taught, I learned from a master trainer, uh, was Las Vegas rules. So okay. you don't routines are good, but you also have to shake them up. So don't they normally get fed at five thirty in the morning and five thirty at night? But jobs can interfere with that. Mm-hmm. So you you wait you you shake around the schedule. They don't always get fed at five thirty. Sometimes right. we have to get fed at two in the morning because we have to be on a site on a on a job at five a.m. So you their life is um, very interesting because things are no two days are are the same, no two jobs are the same. There's always something new to find out, and the dog is always teaching you. One of the interesting things I I was doing a library, and a mouse ran across the floor. Well, 
my black lab wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I let her go go chase the mouse. I wanted to report to right. the pest control company where the mouse disappeared so they could follow up. So uh, that was a, an interesting day. And then <laughs> lo and behold, about three months later, we're doing a residence and we're in the basement and the dog is showing interest. And um, but it, she didn't act like she's in odor. She's not in bed bug odor. She's in some other type mm-hmm. of interesting her. And right. I realized she's acting just like she did when she smelled the mouse. Uh-huh. Sure enough. So I, I, I told the, filled it out in my report I, that I suspected that there were uh, Rodents, a, yeah. a mice problem in the basement uh, on the, the north outside wall. Sure enough, he called me back a few months later. He said they were in the family room watching TV and a mouse crawled out from under the baseboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dog so, doesn't lie. Yep. So it's all about knowing your dog and picking up on those cues. And it, it always changes. There's always a new challenge to, to overcome. If people are listening right now and they're thinking they'd like to do this or they'd like to see if their dog could be trained for this or they want to get to just get more information, where would you suggest they go? Um, well, we do get calls like that about one or two a month on a regular basis. And most people, once if, if for bed bug dog, once they find out that they have to maintain a colony, that's it. They're, that's usually it. No yeah. That would be it for me. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I'll teach but, dogs to find anything but bugs. Me personally, we do we <laughs> do suggest that they um, for the dog and for their enjoyment um, is to to turn to uh, hobby scenting, um, where they mm-hmm. you train your dog on essential a few essential oils, and they have competitions, and it's quite quite a uh, a fun time doing that and working with your dog, uh, quite rewarding. Um, I, I like training pets to find the car, uh, to find the people in the home, especially the children by name, things like that, which actually have a use later. You know, you're out walking and you get lost. You, got it. you don't know where the car is. Your dog knows where it is. He just doesn't know that's what you're looking for. Now you're not lost anymore. I mean, it's very easy and There's- every dog can do it. But um, but what you're talking about is precision, right? And it takes a big commitment. So if people really think they might be interested I guess they can look at your website, bedbugmutts.com. Go there, check yeah. it out, and uh, there'll be links from there about licensing and there's official ways to do this. You don't. There's a World Detection Dog Organization. There's a, a National Entomological Scent Detection Canine Association. I mean, there's a way to do this right. So if you want to do it yeah. right, you can start at bedbugmutts.com for some information. And... I just want to ask you, Sherry, is there anything you'd like my listeners to know about your dogs or what you do or anything at all? Well, if they unfortunately find themselves in the position where they suspect that they might have contacted bedbugs, right. um, the first thing is early detection. That's the best. Okay. Uh, that's when it's going to be the easiest to take care of it. And that's why the dogs excel at it. They find it before the physical evidence becomes obvious. Um, but when, as a consumer, how do you f- determine who you're going to hire? How, what do you look for? And that's where the associations you mentioned are so important. They're third-party associations like nonprofits. And what they do is they test scent detection dogs and the handler in real-life situations 
to prove that they do indeed find the target that they mm-hmm. say they are finding. So they, uh, we do this once a year with each of the associations. So twice a year we go travel to California or Alabama, load up our dogs, and go down there and get tested. Um, and each association has a little, it's a little bit different between each one. They have different strengths uh, in terms of what they're testing for. But look for a, a service that you can verify. So you'd be able to go to WDDO.org or NASDECA.com, and they will list on there the company name, the handlers, and the dog, and that they have the certification. And you have to do that a minimum once a year. That's and if you do, do see bed bugs, if you're in the lower mainland and you think you might have bed bugs, then uh, maybe you want to be a discreet client of bedbugmutts.com and get the problem solved, right? You betcha. We'll be glad to help you. Okay. So if you're listening to the show and you heard me talk about how to train a dog to find the car or find people and you think that your dog might be good at that, I mean, really, any dog who likes food or the ball or cuddles can be trained to find people. So especially people the dog loves, especially children the dog loves. And when you have teenagers or preteens who don't listen when you call them in for supper or take off when you've kind of agreed on a meeting spot at a park, well, this can come in very handy because your dog will find them. (laughs) He will find that teenage daughter who snuck off with the boy you don't like. Yes, yes, he will. And uh, you will find them. Then my father once did that to me. So teach your dogs <laughs> to find your kids. Yeah, I know I'm speaking from experience on that one. Uh, teach your dogs to find your kids if you want. All you got to do is go to my, my YouTube channel, Deb Wolf Pet Expert, and I got a bunch of clips on there about how to find things in a non-professional, fun, and silly way. I usually say if you're finding children, keep the leash on and make it serious. Don't give the dog the treat unless he finds the kid, because if it's a little kid, you may actually need this someday. So you want them working and you want to be there when they find the kid. You don't want the dog to find the kid without you if the kid is far away. So um, but you'll see all that on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. And if you've got a bed bug problem or interest in bed bug dogs, go to bedbugmutts.com. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been great talking to you. I've enjoyed it very much, and uh, hey, I've got a tip for another one in finding people. There's a dog up in Kamloops trained to find keys. Oh, I've done that for people. I've trained dogs to find cell phones, keys. I trained one to alert when the diabetic pump made a funny noise because the noise wasn't loud enough to wake the diabetic person, but the dog sure heard the noise. There's so many things you can train dogs to do, and the dog just thinks it's a fun little game. Am I going to see your dogs at Camp Good Dog sometime soon? I sure hope so. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, it could even be this weekend. (laughs) We have to go down to Seattle to test with WDDO for two of our dogs with one handler. And okay. uh, so the other dogs are going to get staying home in, in order for uh, stay back. They're not going to go down on the trip with us. So they get to a mini vacation. Well, for a change, it is supposed to not rain all weekend. So I will show them a great time outside. We will have a blast. And the pond is ready. If you're talking about your labs, the pond is ready. Oh, they'll love it. (laughs) Okay, everyone. So that'll be it for today's episode, the 100th episode of Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And we've been talking to Sherry Swindle uh, on behalf of Ken Hando as well. 
from bedbugmutts.com. And I'm Deb Wolf, Animal Party Pet Life Radio. If you want to check me out on YouTube, it's Deb Wolf Pet Expert. And uh, the same on Facebook. So, from everybody here at Pet Life Radio and from me, Deb Wolf, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>